0: Spectral Evidence, Episode 1, Broken Laws of Lichtenbergs
1: You want me to start now, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that works, I just... Okay, just nervous. Hi, my name is Birdie. I don't really feel comfortable sharing my full name. Maybe I'll change my mind later. Maybe not. It depends. (sighs) Wow, I've kind of been trying pretty hard not to recall this stuff, actually. I'm glad the others will be here to fill in the gaps because, you know. Yeah, anyway, I'm going to try and recall it all as best I can for you. I think I've always been best at describing things. I'll start with what my town was like. It's one of the clearer things I can remember, so I'm glad to share. I've been living in this little town off the coast for my entire life. It was called Worm Harbor. That's with a Y, by the way, not an O. Depending on who you ask, it's either a draconian mythical creature missing its arms and legs, or a sea serpent. I always thought it was such a cool town name for such a boring place full of absolutely nothing to do. A waste of a name, I feel like. should've gone to somewhere with, like, a big number of Bigfoot sightings or something. Some foresty place. Whatever. For all my grievances with it, though, the location really did deliver. It was nestled in this long valley that overlooked a usually wine-dark ocean, and behind it were these giant pine and redwood trees spiraling into cloudy gray oblivion all the way up the valley and mountain territory. It was very pretty, honestly. Always smelled vaguely of salt, sometimes pine, sometimes plumeria. There was a lighthouse a good 20 minutes down from the outskirts of town, a pier, too, that's in a smaller section we sometimes call the Worm Bay, but not big enough for any restaurants or fun things like arcades to dig in and take root. Every once in a while, an old sea-worn sailor would pass through town, and I would drag myself down to the pier to jot down his opinion on the latest newspaper piece i drafted. Any change in the monotonous page-flipping of faces and numbers and names I already knew was a thrill to me, so, yeah, I was really excited when strangers came to town. But anyway, people stopped sailing up to see what we were all about when our crime rate spiked like crazy around August. I don't blame them. Probably didn't look good on the outside. But as for how we felt about it, well... We all were aware, in some capacity, that no one else was ever going to know just how bad it really was. are you? I can- I can hear you. I know you've been following me since I left. If this is a joke, it's not funny. I'd- I'd give yourself up if I were you. Fine. I'm going home now. Feel free to leave me alone whenever you decide to stop being a- a- creep.
2: Not my name.
1: Right. No. Right. Sorry. My bad, Jules. Old habits die hard and all that. Whatever. I am sorry. I just... God, what are you doing out here so late? You know, Mom's gonna be crazy pissed if you're out catching worms again. They're not worms. This time. They're snails.
3: Ugh.
2: (laughs) What? I think they're cute. And besides, If she won't let me have a pet unless they can stay in an enclosed space, why not choose a pet that already has its own space? It's just
1: smart. I think she meant like a full-size cage. I don't think a shell is the same. Same difference. Also, I can paint them. You
2: can't say the same for most other pets. I mean, I guess you could try,
1: but it probably wouldn't be super healthy. I read somewhere that paints toxic for them. Not supposed to paint on them with acrylic, I think? Wonder if there's some type of snail-specific paint out there, or whatever.
2: Nah, I looked it up earlier. As long as it's non-toxic, I guess, it's fine. Though apparently they'll leave if you scare them, so basically as long as you don't poison it and as long as your shell doesn't look totally ugly by the end, a healthy garden snail should be just fine with its shell painted. Huh. How would a snail even see itself and decide that its shell is ugly? I don't know.
1: Maybe a puddle? For, like, little nasty paint snails. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly snails. Yeah. How come you're out so late? Did you sneak, or...? Nah. Dad's out again. Mom's with the Wonderland crew. Which really just means...
2: Yeah. She's at the spooky tea parties again. And that she's been paranoid. Yeah. Sort of like you. Me? Yeah. You're a lot more, like, I don't know, jumpy than usual? You can't tell me you don't notice it. Speaking of which,
1: you dropped something. Right. That. Lighter, Biebs? Really? I did notice, and I just
2: thought it might be useful. For what? Boarding the spooky night monsters off with a little electric candle, that's sure to get them spooked. No such thing as monsters. Who's been getting that in your head? Nobody. There just are. Not the point, anyway. So, hmm? are you ever going to tell me what that's all about? What what's all about? You just got back from God knows where with a full backpack that you definitely don't own. Oh, yeah, no, uh, this is... Kit's? Well, duh.
1: It's got those crystals on the back. So, why'd you take Kit's stuff? I didn't take anything. Look, don't tell Mom yet, okay, but... Kit's going to stay with us for a little while. He's just asked me to take some stuff over before. I'm not complaining. I like
2: him, it's just... Mom's gonna flip.
1: It's not like she's going to notice. She's never home. But dude, again? Yes, again. Jules, Kit's my friend. I'm not going to leave him behind when something serious happens. And it'd be more than just bad friendship if I left him on the street alone. Even if we're not always on the best of terms. It's just, you fought with her, like, yesterday. It's been a week, at least. Look, if, you know, I don't know. Think about Friday. Imagine if Friday got kicked out every other week. What would you do? Wouldn't you take her in? It wouldn't be the same. I'm not going to date Friday. You know that's not what I'm trying to say. And we're not dating anymore, Jules. Just friends.
2: I guess. But if he's staying over, you both have to attend the next club meeting. It's
1: every Friday after school, so... (sighs) Do I have to? I'm on newspaper duty tomorrow. A deal's a deal. Ugh, fine.
2: Oh, and promise not to tell I've been catching frogs. Or snails. Again. That's two promises. And if you keep both of them, I won't tell Mom you've been
1: smoking. Deal. Can we go inside? It's getting cold. Deal. Close one. Hey, you made it!
4: Safe to seat. Well, yeah. Where else would I be going?
1: Right. Right.
4: Uh, do you have the articles I asked for? Actually, yeah. I do. Just, hold on. It's gotta be somewhere. Um... Uh... Oh! Here they are!
1: These guys are expected to be in a perfectly normal manner, this week, like our peers, spotty sauce, taking the dark, almost midnight fog rolling it. Yeah? This isn't funny. We both know I specifically requested that we didn't include any of the ghost shit. Plus, April's got a real specific idea of what she wants in her newspaper regarding supernatural propaganda.
4: Yeah, well, that's what happens when you're close-minded about the afterlife, I guess. She's not close-minded, she's just old. Nah, she's like 40 at most. Really? I'm serious. Mom says. (laughs) You can't trust
1: anything out of her mouth.
4: Yeah, no, that's fair, but she's got no good reason to lie to me about that, so I'll try and take it for what it's worth, I guess.
1: I get it. Just... come on, ma'am. We can't put all this supernatural stuff in there. Nobody takes us seriously as is, and we really don't need to be freaking anybody out who does. Nobody reads it anyways. Who's gonna notice? Me! I'm going to notice. I just... <laughs> it's whatever. I just want something nice to come out of this newspaper, okay? Like we used to make, when we thought we were going to grow up to be, I don't know, tornado chasers, big-time journalists, something. I'm getting really, really tired of filtering through piles of fictitious monster crap when we could be doing something that actually mattered.
4: Sorry. It's fine. I've got a real story on hand anyways. You do? Yep. Just in this paper, to the left, And up
1: it comes from my bag. Look at that. Flipping the bird on me. Super mature, dude.
4: Here, look again. The bird's gone. Must have flown back to its nest.
1: I really wish you just pretend to care about the paper, even if you don't anymore. You're making it really hard to... I don't know. (sighs) Whatever. We've got a meeting in... Looks like 20 minutes? Huh.
4: Where to? My
1: place. Treehouse.
4: Oh wait! Does that mean we're on babysitting duty?
1: Suppose it does, but I promise Jules we make it. We'll have to cut our meeting short. That bother you?
4: Nah, I am not responsible for them though. If one of them falls down the <laughs> down the ladder or something on the way up, that is not my fault.
1: Come on, I don't want to be late. I think I've still got to pick up Friday from school. Wait, no, never mind. Sorry, I forgot. Molly called me this morning, told me he would drop her off at the house later for their meeting. She didn't go to school today? Apparently not. Walked to his house and asked if he wanted to hang out. Her parents were called because of her absences, got it all figured out. I don't know the details. Just know this is the last meeting she's allowed to go to before she gets grounded for a little while. Aw, it can't be for that long. She's twelve. Yeah, but she's not gonna like it very much. I get why her parents are nervous. Anyway, saves us a trip. As long as she's
4: safe. Ah, oh, she's just curious. There's nothing wrong with exploring.
1: Yeah, well, not when everyone's going missing. Everyone's on edge. Not just me, in case you haven't
4: noticed. You've always been, like, a little bit of a dickhead. It's just easier to track. More obvious, maybe? I don't know. I'm not. I really don't think I
1: am. God, why does everyone say that? I just don't like seeing people get hurt. Or lost. Or worse. I don't think that makes me boring. Well, yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Just, oh, wait, hey, Principal April, I have some articles for you to look over, if you don't mind, for next week's paper. Oh, my favorite blue robin. I like your makeup today. It reminds me of the deep. Everything reminds you of the deep, Principal April. Oh, most definitely. (laughs) Uh,
2: Can never be too careful, dear, as I always say. If you never stop thinking
3: about something, it'll never escape your mind. Then it can never quite catch you.
4: Oh, you know, those classic creatures of the deep, always attacking people on the surface, minding their own business. Nowhere near the ocean. You never know. When I was on the night shift, I saw a mysterious figure prowling on the pier. It looks like- Yes. Well,
1: when you get some time away from the lighthouse, if you could just revise- Oh no, dearest Robin, I've got plans to attend to. Very, very important plans. You should see them to be just after
2: break, when I am clever in mind and spirit. The sirens. Their songs are gloriously sweet as always, but they've been quick to clog my spiritual defenses. I need to be
3: cleansed, Allah doing absolutely nothing for a week.
1: So you don't want them this week or? Mm, no. Okay. Well, that makes my job easier, I guess. Thanks anyway, April.
4: Anytime, dearest. <laughs> What's funny? Nothing. Just that everyone calls me crazy when she's in charge of practically every decision here. She's not crazy. Whimsical, though, for definite. I like her. Yeah, only because you get called to her office for being a stellar academic, and she calls you her dearest Robin. I get called up because I hit a kid, and I didn't say I was sorry. She never calls me Robin, then. Maybe you should try hitting less freshmen. You're right. I'll aim for the taller ones next time I get pissed, just in case. Better than nothing,
1: I guess. Oh god, the time! Okay, okay, we actually need to go now. No more stalling. Lead the way. I remember very honestly thinking that the hardest part of that day was going to be nabbing Friday for the meeting. She was this cute little thing, barely under five feet, even moving into junior high. She was bouncy and generous and overwhelmingly sweet, like the kind of kid who would ask for a kiss on the cheek before she went to class, no matter how late she was. She was just elusive, and seemed to wander everywhere she could without anyone noticing until Roll was called or her parents asked any one of us. I often made the mistake of underestimating exactly how good she was at reading a room. I think a lot of people did. She would always point out little white lies I hadn't even realized I was telling about how I was feeling or what I was doing. I'll be honest, sometimes I found it a little annoying. Sometimes I just wanted to say I was fine and have other people nod and dip their heads again and leave me alone. But that's what everybody did. I was always just doing okay. No one really bothered to pester or poke me to ask if that was the easy answer or the honest one. But Friday did.
5: Hey dudes, I got the kiddo in the back. She's getting her stuff. Everything go okay with her Mom? Yeah, she was stressed, but not too bad. At least she walked to my house instead of somebody else's.
1: God, I can't imagine. If I heard my friend was just ditching school that young to hang out with their friends, I'd be so damn nervous. Especially now. They've got to be on edge all the
5: time. Nah, they, they trust me. They're living it up wherever they're at right now. I think it's some big city down south. I think she said something about- Coming back to visit in November? I put it in my calendar when we were calling. Jesus, that's so far away. I know! Not too worried, though. I'll sit down with her later and tell her. Aww, you're a real dad now. I'm everybody's dad. I've got, like, three kids who are friends of Friday's calling me if they can sleep over every weekend. Nothing new. Uh, At least she's got friends. Oh, yeah, no, not complaining at all. I just think it's funny. If you would have told me five years ago I'd be sitting a 12-year-old down to talk about Stranger Danger before I sent them off to school, I would have... Nah, actually, I don't know. I'd probably be kind of excited. Hi! Hey, kiddo. I
6: got Pop Rocks!
4: What flavor? Birthday cake! They don't sell them anymore! I gave them to her. Didn't tell me you had unlimited access to discontinued sweets. I would have been asking you to hook me up yesterday.
5: Okay, well, it's one bag of Pop Rocks, but... I am lucky enough to know a guy who sells these sweet old candies and stuff. They've got all kinds of weird flavors, like I saw a hard piece of celery flavored candy once. I'm gonna be honest, that sounds kinda nasty.
6: I don't eat them, I just save them! I've got this giant pile of old candies, wrapped obviously, and I sort them by color, sometimes flavor if the packaging is weird. I'm missing cotton candy though, I can never find
5: it. Actually, dude, I might be able to grab you some. I have a plan to get you that sweet cotton. Sweet.
1: Ready to go? I think we've got ten minutes. Wouldn't be doing us any harm to be early. Yep. I'll be back at nine, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't even think it'll run that late unless you've got something planned.
5: Nah, I've got a day off tomorrow though, so I'm trying to get some hours in beforehand. Aw, oh, no way! You didn't tell me you got a job i had a job the whole time. I just didn't like my old one. Record stores moved management to a friend of mine, and he offered me a spot at the counter. Better than the gas station.
6: Except now, he can't get me candy in the mornings, which sucks.
5: It's 99 cents for a Kit Kat. I'll grab you a snack whenever I head over there to grab a soda or something, okay? Hmm, yeah, that's okay. Good deal. I'll see you at nine, kiddo. Be nice. I'll think about it. Mwah!
4: such a cool-looking
1: treehouse. You say that every time you come up here. Okay, well, that's because
4: it is. It is a cool-looking treehouse. Our initials are still on it. Well, they better be. I'm not doing that again. That bark was hell to carve. I
1: told you we should have peeled off the top layer first.
4: Yeah, but that's dumb. Making it easier
1: to see and carve the letters is lame. Yeah, doesn't look as cool.
6: I wrote my name in some concrete once.
1: With chalk?
6: With a stick. And I drew a heart.
1: It wasn't... Friday, you didn't write your name in wet concrete, did you?
6: Yeah,
4: I did! The stick still got a little bit of concrete on it! Haha! <laughs> the most permanent and simultaneously least obvious form of destroying public property. It looks awesome. It probably is. I'd do it if I had the chance.
1: Shh, shh. shh. We're about to start! Sorry.
2: I brought Kit. Hi. And Friday. Whoa, you're actually here? I didn't really think you'd come. Hi, Kit. We made a deal. Yeah, but... I didn't expect you to keep it. Doesn't matter. You're here. Pick a beanbag. I have a lot of stuff prepared for today and I don't want to miss any
4: of it. What's your club called again? Like, what do you do? It's the Spectral Assembly. I'm the
2: founder. Assembly members, introduce yourselves and our mission statement while I assemble everything.
3: Right. My name is Ruth. She, her pronouns are fine with me. I'm in my freshman year of high school and I'm the co-founder of this assembly. We started this club last year and many of our members have come and gone with, well, other extracurriculars that they found more fruitful. But we're still going strong with four dedicated members. We investigate reports of ghosts, murders, all that. Wait, really?
4: You didn't tell me you were interested in true crime, jewels. You never asked. Yeah, I swear.
3: And we investigate disappearances.
6: Me next! Mm-mm. Okay, so, my name is Friday Dow, and I am everyone's best friend. I use... well, actually, I don't care that much. Just don't use he, him, please and thank you. New pronouns look fun. Neo pronouns? Yeah, but anyway, I don't have a club position. I'm just a member right now, but Jewel says once I present a good mystery, I can get a title!
3: I'm waiting for a good one! Also, I'm in seventh grade! Alice May, if you feel like going next? Oh, no, that's okay. I'm
0: going to wait until the
2: end.
3: That's fine. Uh, Birdie? Yeah, I can go next. I'm Birdie.
1: I don't think I'm gonna use he-him anymore. She-her is probably my favorite. I'm a senior in high school, and yeah, that's about it. Am I technically a member or just a spectator?
3: You can be if you want.
1: Yeah, alright. I'll be a member. Kit? Nah. Can you introduce yourself?
4: Oh, yeah, right. Um, I'm Kit. I see him or she her. do care. So cool. I'm a senior in high school, uh, but I'm dropping out, so- What? You didn't tell me that. So whatever. I was gonna tell you at some point. But- Juju. Yeah, uh, wanna introduce yourself? Me? Yes, you. Do you like it? I thought it sounded kind of cute.
2: Yeah. No, I like that. I'm Jules, I use he, him, and it, it's sometimes. I'm a sophomore, so I used to be the oldest. I'm still 14. My birthday's just late.
4: You're an Aries, right?
2: I think so. how do you know? Lucky guess?
3: Alice? Yeah, I can go. My name's Alice May, but you can call me Ali if you want.
2: I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. My favorite color is yellow, and I'm 13. What grade are you
4: in? Ninth. What?
2: How? Good test scores. Ah. Okay. all introduced? Sweet. I've got the board set up.
4: Red string and everything, huh?
1: Yeah, it helps me think. That's what you made me lug that up the ladder for.
2: Yes. Anyway, our topic of discussion today is a little heavy, which is why I wanted other people in on it. Jules, it's not about- It's about the recent string of disappearances plaguing Worm. I don't really think- No, no,
4: sounds brill. Go on. (laughs)
2: Let's present the basics. Three years ago, four people in the district of Worm went missing. Their homes remained exactly as they were before they disappeared, and nothing was left out of place there were no letters left, no goodbye notes, or even calls from other cities to let their loved ones know where they'd gone. The first two were Charlie and Juniper Garfield, a middle-aged father and his 3-year-old daughter. They left behind Mary Garfield, a now widow with a small sewing business and a spotless background in nursing. She claims to not have remembered a baby, whilst many of her former co-workers distinctly recall attending her baby shower and Juniper's first birthday party. Naturally, this made Mrs. Garfield a prime suspect. Her denial of her daughter's very existence left officials feeling sore as the public police report goes. But, of course, the department didn't do shit past taking a few photos and doing a meager search. With no evidence to speak of, no crime scene to investigate, and Mary's inconsolable misdemeanor at the loss of her husband, the case was left stale. They claim they're still searching, I doubt it. I like Miss Mary. She says I remind her of her late mother.
6: She always let me take three handfuls at Halloween. She wasn't stingy with her candy.
2: Right? She's a really nice lady. It didn't make any sense for her to murder anyone, and her husband certainly didn't seem the type to kidnap anyone. But I guess you never know. The third was Dr. Anthony Blair, a self-proclaimed cryptozoologist and illegitimate scientist with an interest in mythical creatures and scamming the general public. He followed a profession most of us here would consider noble, if it weren't for the unstable foundation of falsehoods he built his dying career on. Nice imagery! Shh! He was a con artist, and a bad one, too. He left behind his son, Benjamin Blair. Luckily, Benjamin seems to have taken the family legacy a little more seriously than Antony, but still.
1: Don't talk about missing people like that. What? He sucked! You didn't even know him.
2: Yeah, but I read his work. You really want to defend a capitalist? No, I just- So? The fourth disappearance was a freshman? No. Bertie. Jules. I need to explain all the context.
1: Explain in the next meeting. You can't tell me what to do. Don't. Fine. (sighs) Anyway,
2: there were four. And now, there are 15. In the past month, 12 more people have disappeared in the exact same manner. Only about 400 people live here. It's possible that some of you didn't even know that many were missing. These are mostly people that have either been sick and bedridden or so menial in their lifestyle that no one around them truly noticed until asked. But reports are public information, and the giant missing persons posters around town are kind of hard to miss when they pile on each other like black and white paper sardines. Look, I don't know what there is to investigate, but neither does anyone else. These people range from ages 3 to their late 70s. Kidnapping is off the table. I really think it's the cause of something more. Oh my god, it's not because of magic. I didn't say magic. You were going to... Fine, then why are so many
1: people going missing? I don't know, nobody does, but it's not magic. I'll take any rational explanation you have. It's not magic. Biebs, there
2: is no rational explanation. That's the point. A cult. Why wouldn't they convince their family members to have come with them? A five-year-old girl gone from her parents, Ivy Watson. You think she was associating with a cult after kindergarten let out? Fine, a kidnapper. Perla Fernandez, 24, Practicing gynecologist, closed and locked windows from the inside, no break-ins, last seen coming home from work and never leaving. Runaways. Come on, you're not gonna make me debunk that one, are
1: you? These people didn't choose to leave, and they weren't taken. It just feels like you're not taking this seriously. There are people who could be dead out there.
3: With all seriousness, I do think Jules is right. Even I'm not one to jump to the conclusion of spectral activity, but I don't have a better answer either. That's what this club is for. We present a solution, and we discuss it. Whether we have a personal conviction on if it's silly or not. I don't think it's silly, I just don't think it's respectful. I don't know. Even if they were dead, I think trying to bring them to justice through speculation isn't all that disrespectful.
0: Uh, I think it's nice
3: to believe that it was out of our hands. Even if it just serves to give us,
2: the, the ones that got left behind, some peace. But that's just my opinion.
4: Friday, what do you think? Where's Friday?
1: Often, I find myself categorizing a lot of the decisions I make and have made as good or bad. I sort them into whether I was right or, more frequently, whether I was wrong to make them. I've found, lately, that they're in this much larger gray area that encompasses a majority of the decisions I've made. That gray area houses the, the cloudy and the indeterminate, the maybes and the what-ifs that I can't predict the hypothetical answers to, even now. The ones that I could ponder on forever and ever and never have a good and concrete yes or no. I have no doubt it was good to search for Friday. She would be as good as dead if we didn't, and then where would we be? Nowhere, I suppose, but every once in a while I wonder what would have happened if I would have kept a better eye on her. If she hadn't seen that stranger, if she hadn't been so trusting. (sighs) I don't know. Her blind trust led us to where we are now. A part of me likes to believe she always knew what she was doing. Either way, Friday was gone, and none of us had noticed her leave.
3: Did any of you see her go down? No, I thought she was sitting with you. Why would she be sitting with me? She has her own beanbag over there.
2: Because she wasn't with me!
3: It's okay, it's okay. We have protocol for this. Yeah, but we wrote that protocol before people were
4: magically going missing. Oh, screw the protocol! Alice, that was your name, right? Yes. Watch over the treehouse, peek out the window and yell to us if you spot her. Anyone else want to stay while we look? See you all back when we never.
1: I thought you said you weren't responsible for them.
4: I'm not! I'm not anyone's parent, but... But Friday?
1: Yeah.
3: I think she might have gone this way. She could have gone home because of the fighting.
4: Oh, crap.
3: Are we sure
6: that
4: wasn't there before? Definitely not. She showed us her pop rocks before we went up.
2: She wouldn't just leave it behind. Which means she didn't notice it had dropped. She had to have
4: been running. To what? From what? Christ, you're right. Okay. Okay, this way. Come on! Friday? Friday! This is
2: such awful timing. We're gonna be fine. We've still got half an hour before the sun's down all the way. We're fine. God, I am gonna be in so much trouble.
1: Not right now, kid. Friday. Friday, over here. You freaked us out. What were you doing?
2: Saw a cat. You made us chase you through the woods for like 20 minutes for a cat?
6: It wasn't just any cat. It turned into a person. What? Yeah, I saw this white cat cross the road, and I thought, that's a pretty cat, so I went down to pet it, but it was gone. And right then, I saw this real pretty stranger with short white hair, and I waved to it, but it ran away, so I went to go find the shapeshifter cat.
4: You chased a random old lady because you thought she was a
5: cat.
6: Yeah, well... It wasn't old, it was really pretty. It looked like somebody out of a magazine if they were dressed like a middle school teacher. I wouldn't doubt it if it was a cat. Cats are pretty too, and they would probably dress like teachers if they could choose their clothes.
4: You've got to give us a heads up if you go chasing randos into the woods, mate. Noble calls them. Friday,
1: what he means is that you really scared us.
6: But I'm fine!
1: You could have been hurt.
6: But I wasn't! Just be careful. Please. Fine. But I still don't know where that stranger went. Maybe I could take the cat home!
3: I have a mixed stance on the ethicality of keeping a shape-shifting cat as a pet. Oh well.
4: Honestly, I don't
3: think- (gasps) What was that? That didn't sound like a cat. No. It didn't.
4: I think now would be a really good time to run! But look! There's the kitty! There's no time to grab the kitty right now, Friday. Come on. But it is not our responsibility, Friday. I do not want to be eaten. Friday! Friday. Bloody hell, since when was it supposed to rain? That doesn't matter. I caught it,
6: and it didn't even
4: scratch me. Doc! Is this what a hurricane feels like? That's impossible. It was supposed to be clear until... Come on,
2: we need to go home. Alice
4: still doesn't know where we are. Kit, you should have been watching Friday. Me? I told you they weren't my problem. How was I supposed to know she would run off? You never take responsibility
1: for anything. She didn't want to tell you because you wouldn't have cared anyway.
4: How do you know that?
1: Because you assert your indifference towards everything, every chance you get.
4: How am I
1: the problem right now? You just... I need to think. What the hell is that?
3: Purdy? Where's it coming from? I can't see it. Does anybody have a flashlight? Me! How did you... Is... Is that mine?
6: I was gonna give it back. I figured I'd be better off looking for the cat with some light, especially if it shape shifted into a bug. Can
1: somebody grab Friday, please? Got
6: it! Can we all be wider, please?
1: Are
0: we trying
1: to get mauled? Thank you. There is nothing more terrifying than realizing you are no match for what faces you. I mean in everything. Literally and figuratively, there is nothing more frustrating than finally getting that you simply can't beat something with pure will or brute
3: force.
4: Is it better to run? No.
1: I read that bigger animals won't attack if you stand still. Something about an instinct to chase if you run. If it's hungry, it might not matter. How can you tell? Ribs. If you've heard anything about dinosaurs, you know that diagrams of them even in the 21st century are wildly inaccurate. They would have been much fatter with much more muscle mass and sometimes extra features like feathers or scales. But all we have to go off of to create artistic depictions of them are their bones. So, they look awfully bony. This creature, this mangled thing crawled out of the darkness looking rather like if someone had tried to recreate a bear using only fossils of broken bones with its Skin pulled taut against jutting spines, and a maw opened wide in a quiet scream. Its teeth chipped and yellowing and cracking. Prowled closer. If it had been youthful then, it didn't show it. Long lashes of pale gray scars littered its patchy, knotted fur and paws, and dirty moss and fungi made a home out of its back, choking the air with their spores. If it wasn't staring straight at me. I might have been worried about the stinging pollen instead. But it did. It looked right at me. I took a step back on what was more instinct than decision, and it lumbered forward onto the crunching bed of leaves and pine. It began slowly to bridge the gap. So I had to think. You would die right now. It's your fault, Friday.
2: Me? Yes. I told you to stay put. Jules, quit that. She probably didn't even know I was gonna get dark. She doesn't know anything! I know more than you think I do! Could you all please be quiet? I'm just trying to defend her. She doesn't need defending. You can play attorney
4: later at the permanent gates if we get ripped to shreds now! You're all babies! God, nothing's gonna matter if we get eaten! But we might be fine! Nothing is fine! Nothing is fine right now! Stop saying that! Just shut up! I need to think! Everybody just shut up!
1: honest with you, I can't remember much of what happened when the monster was struck. I saw it lunge for me, I saw it open its mouth, and then I saw white. Its maw stretched to an impossible size, the bones, if it had any god knows what it was really made of at that point, seemed to disconnect at the joints, moving in a manner that suggested it was not born naturally, it was stitched is sewn together from parts that shouldn't have gone together, like two mossy green puzzles cut and torn to fit with pieces that didn't belong to either of them. It was wrong, even for a monster. For just a moment, even as it aimed for my chest, poised to kill and maim and rip into every part of me like prey, I felt pity. Mostly, though, I felt anger. Death would not take anyone I loved today, even if that person I was saving was only me. I was standing in the way of death's plans for me, and it was not happy. But then again, neither was I. If I were to guess, I would say that even before the streak from the sky hit it, it was an unimaginable pain. Nothing should have to live like that. I tried to rationalize for about a week after that, that if it had died, I had taken away from it some measure of misery. If only I had known how right I was. It crawled into the bushes, one arm torn from its socket, snapping and crunching as it was tossed mercilessly into the soggy beds of pine and needle and blades of grass. It dipped its ugly, bloodied head and took in its mouth the stolen limb, a sickeningly soft sinking of its teeth into the still oozing thing. It growled, but it sounded more of a gurgle. The rising and hatred and blood from more imperceptible wounds clogging it from the inside out. It retreated. The forest's towering wooden pedestals found themselves tired from the rocking and creaking of the earth and ceased to sway as the wind subsided. I was so stupid to think that would be the end of it.
3: Oh my God. Bertie, Are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Are you okay? We're all fine. You're the one we're worried about. Look
1: at your arm. It didn't get me. I'm fine. Seriously. I'm... I need a minute to breathe, but I'm not hurt.
4: You're kidding. You've
3: got to be kidding. Bertie you were struck by lightning. But I didn't
1: feel anything. I didn't feel anything. I just saw this bright light, and then, then that thing,
3: it... We know. We saw.
2: I wanna go home now. Me too. Mom's gonna know we were
1: out. I don't care. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. We can talk later, I just- Yeah. Are you bleeding at all? No. No, I don't think so. I really don't feel anything.
4: That should've killed you. I know. Do you mind if I ask Molly to spend the night?
1: You can do what you want, but you should all go home. I'm gonna go to
3: bed. Meeting, um, meeting adjourned. I'll tell Alice. Friday, sorry for grabbing you so hard. I was scared. I'm okay. You're not even shaking. Are you in shock or something? Let me see your pupils. My pupils are fine. I just like storms. But Bertie could have gotten hurt.
6: You're right. That would be scary. I would probably be shocked then, but she didn't, so we're okay. I guess.
3: Do you even have a way home? We weren't planning on a field trip.
6: Molly's picking me up. I'm going to tell him I found us a cat. Also, it kind of clawed up my overalls. I don't think cats like the rain very much, or lightning, or monsters.
1: Yeah, You, you do that. Let's go. I don't think I've ever been more confused in my life. I can't imagine how the others felt. I had heard stories of people being struck by lightning before. Read them, mostly, actually. But more often than not, those struck were dead before they even realized it was coming. I knew the ones who lived had suffered heart problems or a form of cardiac arrest or some other affliction that came with having every nerve in your body grabbed by the hands of the sky and shaken with the force of the highest voltage nature had to offer. I didn't even notice. I felt it at the knees, maybe, the way they shook like the weight of the sky had been thrust onto only my shoulders. I was definitely tired, but I was exhilarated. I felt strong, and I felt happy, and I felt like I had grabbed death by the collar and smashed its face into the dirt in the open grave where I should have been resting. I don't like violence. I really never have. But there was something so satisfying about knowing I'd won. For just a minute, I think I knew how Kit felt. And it scared me. I wanted to know why. When Kit and I were walking home, we made a deal. We'd go the next day to see Valerie Teak, a woman across town whom many knew as either Principal April's wife or as the most confusing palm reader to ever exist. She was, likely, the only one besides April to believe me of anything I could tell her. I don't know if anyone else in town, including the paramedics, would have believed me for surviving a strike like that, and I did not want to answer any questions. At this point, I was at least convinced that something was off, so we had to go. Kit suggested it at first, but it wasn't hard to convince me. There wasn't really anyone else to tell. Oh, is
4: that all you need from me for now? I
1: think I'm feeling a little sleepy. I'll call her back in to cut the recording and I'll tell you the rest later. Oh, and by the way, I still have the scar. <laughs> what a way to end a recording, right? I thought that went up yesterday. I suppose I ruined it a little with the explanation here, but you know, it happens there's plenty of opportunities left for a better ending.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Calliope Monroe, creator of Spectral Evidence, and Astor Podcasting Network production. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and rate and review it wherever you're listening to us. You can find us on our website at spectralevidence.card.co or on social media. We're at spec underscore pod on Twitter and Spectral Evidence pod on Tumblr. You can also find us on Patreon at Mix Eli Ramos. That's M-X-E-L-I-R-A-M-O-S. You can support Aster Podcasting Network at different tiers and get rewards like early access to episodes, annotated scripts, commentaries, behind-the-scenes posts, art, and even merch. It's not just for Spectral Evidence, but all of the shows on the network. The money you give directly goes to supporting our editor, showrunners, and actors who make these shows possible. Please support us if you have the means. Any amount helps. Audio editing done by Eli Ramos. Script editing done by Inigo Shermani. Our voice talents are as follows. Georgia Head as Bertie Aylesworth, Tillian Colon as Jules Aylesworth, Romeo Giovanni as Kit Bailey, Brianna Aplin as Friday Dow, Enigo Sherwani as Molly Wingfield, Indigo Keener as Ruth Belrose, Sidonia as Miss April June, and Lily Celeste Davis as Alice Eve May. Additional voices provided by Clary Chung and Eli Ramos. Attributions for sound and music used can be found in the show notes. Thanks to Ezra Lee Buck, a $20 patron on our Patreon. Thanks for listening, I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll stick around for the next episode. Bye bye!